the folk. Snoop Doggy Dogg and Dr. Dre is at the dope. Ready to make an entrance, so back on up. Cause you know we're about to rip shit up. Give me the microphone first so I can bust like a bubble. Compton and Long Beach together, now you know you in trouble. Ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. Too low depth, nigga, so we're crazy. What's Death going on? on? Welcome to the All American Chelsea Podcast. I am the captain. The leader, the legend of all things you see, all American Chelsea. What's going on? It's your boy Christian back again to you. From beautiful Miami, Florida, in the good old U.S. of A. Starting the podcast off with the OG of gangster motherfucking rap. Nothing but a G thing. Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg. Well, I'm creeping and I'm peeping and I'm peeping And I got the account cause my people kept beeping Now it's time for me to make my impression felt So sit back, relax, and strap on your seatbelts You've never been on a ride like this before and control the maestro With the dope rhyme that I kick You know, and I know I flow some more funky shit Woo. I'll never, ever, ever forget What this did to me What this song did to me I'll never forget It changed my life It honestly changed my life I use that I use that term a lot It changed my life Changed my life No, 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 no We gotta understand This song This song was the song that introduced me, that baptized me, that converted me, that molded me, that shaped me into loving hip-hop. Uh, as a kid growing up, this song came out 92, 93. I was 9, 10 years old. I had never heard anything like it um, on the radio. At that time, there was hip-hop and my parents weren't into rap or hip hop or anything like that, so and they had me super young, so I, I, I they just didn't listen to that type of music. So when I heard this, it blew my mind. It blew my mind. And then pile it on top, pile on top of it, my best friend at the time, his older brother, his older brother got the chronic, got the chronic. He had the CD. We used to sneak into his brother's room and play the CD. And I just remember being blown away by what I heard coming out of those speakers. I'll never forget it. It changed me. That song changed me. 100%. 100%. So, what's going on, everybody? I had to hit you guys with a little bit of some OG gangster music. Because I think it's important that we remind ourselves on, you know, what real, at least to me, like, it's important to remind me. I don't want to say that. I don't want to sound like the old guy, like, oh, my music is better than your music, and this is shit. I don't want to be that guy. And I'm not that guy. I enjoy old school music as I enjoy new school music. You guys know me. You listen to the show. You know how I change it up and switch it up. How I enjoy, you know, if it's good and it's dope and I like it, I like it. I don't care when it, where, where or when it came, you know, where, when or who it came from, better yet. 
But it's important to me to go back to my roots, to go back to gangster music, because at the core of who I am lies music that makes me get hype. And so and that's what started it all. That's the center of it. So what's going on, everybody coming back? to you after a little bit of a layoff listen listen i i i don't want to do this to you guys i don't want to keep hitting you with excuses but i have a laptop here a microsoft surface pro 4 it's been the laptop that i've been recording the podcast on since day one it's been a loyal and faithful servant and it will remain to be a loyal and faithful servant i couldn't be happier with the laptop however when it has its limitations when it comes to editing podcasts and then now editing video it's just i'm asking too much from the laptop it's got to stay in its lane and its lane is recording audio files and not so much video files you just can't do that so my laptop has been kind of uh, uh, kind of giving me troubles so I went out and I bought a computer. I bought a computer and, and it's it's so funny. Like I caught myself doing it. I caught myself doing it while I was looking for a computer. I like to get obsessed about things. I like to deep dive into stuff. And like I watched, I spent like a weekend watching YouTube videos on building a PC. I've always wanted to build a PC. Always wanted to do it. And I sort of kind of have not really so a lot of the times i'll buy a pc whether it's brand new or secondhand and then i'll upgrade it i'll put new parts on it i'll change this i'll change that but i've never actually built one from scratch and i'm telling you guys i was really close on doing it with this one but it just turned out that i was waiting i was looking for parts I'm waiting to get deals on parts and that could take forever. That could take a month. I don't know. I don't have any control when I get a deal. So I, I, I was like, what do I do here? Do I wait and let the podcast and all the movement? Like I got a timeline. Season two is right around the corner. I got the new cover of the podcast coming out, merch coming out, um, videos, the YouTube channel, all that is coming is season two, right around the corner. June 1st starts season two. I mean, if, I really wanted to do season two starting off like in July because July is when I launched season one. But I'm like, you know what? Let's just rock June. It's easier. That way, June first, season one, uh, season two starts. The new season starts June first, because that's the start of the transfer market, anyways. And you know, anyways. So I'm like, what am I gonna do? Wait, 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 delay, 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 or just get something? I found a great deal on a secondhand PC. I found an amazing deal on a brand new um, graphics card that some dude locally was selling. And I just bought the two, upgraded the graphics card. Actually, I bought the PC. I'm like, yo, 
he was selling the PC with two different um, graphics cards. And I asked him, I go, listen, if you, if I, if, how about we strike a deal where you sell me the PC without the graphics cards? Does that sound okay? And the dude was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Then I messaged the other dude on uh, OfferUp. Uh, I messaged the other dude about his graphics card. I'm like, yo, let's do a deal for the graphics card. He shot me a price. I accepted, picked up my graphics card. A couple of days later, picked up the PC and we're rocking and rolling. The, 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 the beast is in my living room. And, um, and like my little office area in the, not in the living room, but like just off of the living room, I have like a little desk office area or whatever. And he's rocking there. I've been testing out videos, editing videos on there. And he's just, you know, that beast is there. He's asking for more. Yo, let me see those videos. So slowly, but surely I'm going to be migrating everything over there, letting the PC do all the heavy work and my laptop. Just kind of like the front end of the whole thing. You know, recording the podcast like I'm doing right now on the laptop and then transferring over the files to the PC. So work that out and that's how we're going to do it. So anyways, guys, what else is going on? Game of Thrones season two, uh, season eight, episode two. <sighs> Game of Thrones, guys. Game of Thrones. I'm not going to do it to you guys with spoilers and stuff like that because I know some people are not you know, watching it exactly when it comes out. But for those who are, oh my God, this show. And then this Sunday is the battle. Is the battle. I have a crazy theory on Game of Thrones that I'm pretty sure that I'm right. I'm pretty sure that I'm right. It makes sense. It's what I would do. It's what I would do. All right. I'm going to... And not so many words, so I don't do spoilers for anybody. I'm gonna, I'm going to explain my theory to get it on wax, keeping the hip hop theme, to get it on wax, to get it on record. So in case that I'm right, we can look back and say, "Aha, the man was onto something." I personally believe that the antagonist of the entire show, the main guy, the main villain has been purposely left out of the trailers because he's not going to be going where we all think he's going to be going. And I'll leave it at that. He's going to be going to visit somewhere down south. That's where I think it's going to happen. You guys know what I'm saying. and Not so many words. You know who I'm talking about. All right. So, whew. and then what else? Today... Avengers. So, okay, guys. So this podcast, Chelsea played on Monday. I recorded the podcast on Tuesday because Colum Hudson, or it was on purpose. Colum Hudson Adoy got injured on Monday. I wanted to wait to see, one, if I could get an orthopedic doctor onto the podcast so we could ask him questions. Couldn't get him on, but he has agreed to come on in future dates. So that's a plus. Two, I wanted to get an update on his injury to make sure he came out on surgery. So like giving a little bit more time clear. I didn't want to jump the gun too early on the injury. And then three, I recorded the podcast yesterday. We recorded it late. I got home. Well, I mean, got home, recorded it late. My son was home. 
started, you know, doing the family thing, gave him a bath, got him ready for school, got him in bed. I fell asleep. So now I'm recording the podcast now to release it tonight. So it's a date. It's this podcast episode from yesterday. But the information is still relevant. The only thing that's changed from yesterday is now Chelsea. Well, Manchester United lost today to Manchester City 2-0. And Arsenal lost today 3-1 against Wolves. Let me tell you something. That Wolves team, that team's a problem. That team is a big, 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 big problem. They're, they're really good. They're really good. So Chelsea, live look at the table. Chelsea currently sit in fourth, firmly in fourth with 67 points. Tottenham ahead of us with 70 points. And we would have been, we would have been on 69 points. Had we won against Burnley. But instead we drew. And. Now we're only one point ahead of Arsenal. So. I mean it's going to be tough. We play United on Sunday. It's going to be tough. But anyways back to the Avengers. <gasps> Tomorrow's the end game. I'm watching the game. I'm watching Avengers at 1030. I cannot wait. I've been staying offline. As far as the spots where I know that there's going to be. Uh, spoilers, Nini, the homie, my brother on uh, Twitter. This man said that he's staying off of Twitter to avoid any type of spoilers. I texted him uh, throughout the day and we were talking about Endgame. He's hype. He's pumped. Everybody, there's just a buzz about it. Like, I can't wait, man. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Going with my boy, going with uh, my boy, meaning my friend. Uh, one of my best friends, my yeah, one of my best friends. Um, and we're going with my sister. My sister is a huge fan of the franchise of all like superhero movies, fan of the Avengers, but she's never been to a premiere. Like, and premiere meaning like opening day. I love it. Any movie that I'm hyped about, like, like uh, superhero movies, Star Wars, stuff like that, I gotta see it opening day. Like, it's so much fun, like, to be there with everybody, like, clapping and, like, cheering and stuff in the theater. And then I'm always afraid about spoilers. So I, I got to go day one. I have to go day one. And then I'll watch it a couple of times after that. This movie, I know for a fact I'm watching it Thursday. I know for a fact that I'll see it again during the weekend. I'll go with somebody. Somebody will say, oh, I'll go with them. I don't care. I'm going to watch this movie in the theaters at least three times. Love it love it next episode of the podcast i'll give you my review on the movie so i won't give any spoilers but i'll tell you how amazing it was because i know it's going to be amazing it, it has there's no choice it has no choice whether it can't be anything else other than amazing anyways so that's that um what else do i got for you that's pretty much it man that's pretty much it Let's just, you know, enough with the chit chat. Let's get into the podcast. Uh, on today's episode, I talked to my boy, Daniel, from Touchline Fracas. Uh, he's been on the show before. This is his second appearance on the show. And then we talked to my other boy, making his third appearance on the show, my brother, Daniel. That's right. Forward Thinking is back on to the podcast again. The official 
holding the title right now as his third appearance. As I you know mentioned at the end of the podcast, him and Nini have been on the show three times. Well, and Joe Tweedy, but with Nini and Joe Tweedy, I what I did was I recorded one conversation. I split it into two, as opposed to having them on for three separate appearances. Daniel has been on three separate times, so he stands alone as the only human being to have three appearances on the All American Chelsea podcast three different times. So. He's on, and we talk about we we talk about the match. We talk about Kalamatsu Nadoi. We talk about the future of the club, and you're gonna enjoy it, man. We had a great conversation. So without further delay, here it is, and I'll talk to you guys on the back end later. All right, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, and on today's podcast, we have a little bit of a special edition. The for the the first time in the history of the All American Chelsea podcast, we're having not one but two guests at the exact same time i got Damn. my man daniel yo what's up and daniel <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here bro so but for the purposes of the podcast there uh I, so we can just maintain our sanity uh daniel from touchline fracas will be referred to as daniel the original. The, the, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Ooh, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I'm not going to get into the middle of that. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll be Daniel, and then... Um, and then Daniel will be forward. <laughs> that makes sense for everybody. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> that didn't make sense for me, but I'm just, let's just continue. All right. Yeah, All right, boys. So, I wanted to uh, record this podcast um, today and not on sunday directly after the match because we could get a little bit more information um on Callum hudson adoy's injury uh as uh, for those of you who don't know or are not up to date he has ruptured his achilles tendon um which means the best way i could describe it the difference between a tear and a rupture um a tear, if you take a piece of paper and you tear it, but you don't separate the paper into two pieces, that would be a tear. A rupture would be if you took the piece of paper and you separate it into two pieces. Chris, so, can I ask you a question? Go for it. Did you know that before? Twenty? Did you know that 24 hours ago? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I have a little bit of a history like um, with injuries and... It's been, it's it was the way it's explained to me, and 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 we'll get into it. I'll try to keep it because by no means am I a doctor, am I a medical professional. Um, a little inside scoop: I reached out to my boy who is a doctor, and um, he, while he is not a uh, orthopedic doctor, which deals with ligaments and your joints and stuff. He's a doctor, nevertheless, and he has doctor friends. And his one of his good friends, a guy that he went to medical school with, is an orthopedic doctor. And on because of scheduling issues, and because we, you know, obviously, I just reached out to him today. I couldn't get him for today. Whatever. 
point being, I couldn't get him on today's podcast. However, he is going to be coming on the podcast regularly uh, to talk about injuries, um, especially with this Callum Hudson-Odoi thing, because even though the injury happened on Sunday, the surgery is scheduled to happen today, which is Monday or Tuesday morning, who, who knows. Um, this is going to be an ongoing process as far as we need to, we'll get insight on the recovery time. We'll get insight on, on just the various steps of the, uh, of his injury. So, um, that's why I wanted to record the podcast today and not on Sunday. So guys, before we get into Colum Hudson, Adoy, let's talk about the game, uh, leading up to it after, uh, the weekend, after Manchester United losing, after Arsenal losing, after Tottenham losing, Chelsea were in prime position. Perfect. They were in the perfect position to secure their place in third. We all were so confident moving into this game that it was a shoe-in. It's Burnley at home. We're going to smoke these guys. We're going to wax them. We see the Twitter 11. Oh my God! This is a shoe in. It wasn't a Twitter level. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! And that's another thing too. The man who coined the phrase "Twitter 11 on uh, the podcast today too. Give me my respect. I'm putting Twitter respect 11. on your name. That's what I'm saying. But here's my thing: the Twitter eleven is called the Twitter eleven because all of the eleven players that we want to play. Are playing so if one player is not playing, that's not a Twitter 11. Yeah, so when he okay. was playing, that's not a Twitter 11. Okay, all right, the Twitter 11 right now, the official Twitter 11. Since I coined this, you, shit, who, would, who would know about the Twitter 11 better than you, right? But to be fair, I'm I'm, I'm guessing, but I feel like Kepa's Kepa in goal generally, everyone wants Kepa in goal, everyone wants Emerson left back. With the defence, I think everybody accepts that David Luiz should be starting. Then I guess some people would want Rudiger, some people want Christ- Christensen. But for the Twitter 11, I think that first match, I think he played Christensen too, so we'll put Christensen there. Then mm-hmm. as Pete right back, Jorginho, Kante, Loftus-Cheek, Hudson on the right, Hazard on the left, and Giroud up top. If one of those players aren't playing, then it's not a twelve eleven. Forward. Right? Do you agree with that's, that? That's copyrighted. I mean, I certainly agree to an extent, but at the same time, there was the coined phrase of the Triple H starting up front. So, <sighs> I mean, again, it depends how you want to look at it, but certainly I feel like the striker position wasn't too contentious in terms of few starts. I'll go that, on. That Triple H is nothing to do with my twelve eleven. You of can course. have your Triple H yet. I've never said Triple H. I don't. I don't read that shit. But um, <laughs> we, saw, we saw we saw Triple H yesterday, and how did they do? I know Higuain scored, but how did they do? Are we talking about Monday Night Raw? Or are we talking about what happened at Stafford Bridge? Right. I, 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 oh, and, and I apologize. I said that we played on Sunday. We played on Monday. Right. Seeing how today's Tuesday. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> but. Um, how did we play? I, so I, I go take it away, uh, guys, because I, I like I, I didn't I all honestly the objective for this match for me in my mind was three points. 
I didn't care right. if the score was 300 to 301. As long as we walked out with three points, I didn't care. So, right. uh, I mean, I'll leave it to you guys on how we played. I'll, I'll say my shit first and foremost. I think going into the game, and I've been saying it for ages, these last few games that have been coming up, a lot of people have been looking at and saying, okay, Spurs have two big games, like United and City or whatever. Chelsea have one big, like two big games, Liverpool and United. But if you look at the rest of the games, we're all playing, we're not playing teams at the bottom. We're playing th- these teams just below the top six, the Watfords, the Ellertons, you know, even the Burnley kind of counts in that bracket. And these teams haven't been easy for the top six this season. They're all kind of like Wolves have taken points against us. Everton, not just against us, but the other top six teams. Everton has been known to take points against us. I know Burnley have had a bad period, but their last three or four games, they've been good. So this was always going to be a tough game. And listen, Burnley beat us at home last season. We know we know what Burnley are on. Burnley don't care about playing football. So anyone that came to this game thinking it will be a, uh, uh, just a breeze, I feel like they played themselves. No shots to you, Chris, but I, I don't think myself. you have... Right. I, my, I raised my hand. I played myself. I... I I, 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 it's Burnley. Like, We're going to win. I forgot uh, about last but, year's first game. Like, Who remembers here, that? Here's my thing. I If we played the Twitter 11, I, I would have been confident that we could have won. Now, it's easy for me to just say, all right, we didn't win. Therefore, the Twitter 11 would have won. I'm not suggesting that. We could have still dropped points with them. But my whole thing about uh, the higuain Giroud thing is that, number one, there were some stats that I'll post, I guess. I'll post, I'll, I'll send it to you, Chris. But there were some stats about, in terms of just the breakdown of the amount of, like, um, the amount of sprints that Chelsea players make and the amount of kilometres covered for the Chelsea players. And Higuain, this was ever since, like, January or whatever, and Higuain's been the bottom of both. Now, Higuain has got great movement. So he, he does put himself find himself in great, he's always moving and he finds himself in great areas. However, that doesn't mean that he's moving fast. Like, he doesn't apply pressure as hard as Giroud would when we're trying to win the ball. But also, just in terms of getting to a place quickly, I don't know. I just feel like we're so much better with Giroud on. I know Giroud came on towards the end of the game. And I know Higuain scored and it was a great goal. But I do feel like my issue with it is that if something's working, or if someone's on form, then why are you not in the, the games we need to win? Why are you not playing the person on form? And I think if we were to be honest, Giroud right now is the form striker out of two. So I was pissed when I didn't see Giroud starting because one thing as well is, do you know what? Yeah, we'll talk about the match in detail. But there was a couple of balls that came into the box and it went straight past Iguain. It's not even like he wasn't there. But if that was Giroud, I promise you, he would have converted. And I think my issue was that there were too many times, even before his goal, I think he had a couple of chances. And it's like, his his confidence was obviously low, but we needed to play our form players because if a more confident striker was there, they would have buried that. Now, obviously, he did score. So um, he didn't do as poorly as he has done. But I think generally, we played well, especially first half. Um then obviously there was the injury, injury to um, Hudson. I think defensively, I think last time I was on this podcast, I told you that Sari tells our defenders to watch the ball and not to man mark. So it's more zonal marking. And I think defensively, 
Burnley are a set piece team, and I think we we suffered um, from that. Maybe not in the first goal, but the second goal more so because again there were unmarked people in the box where all of our defenders was just clustered together, and there was unmarked people in the box, and it's like rah if. People just kind of were more aware of where the opposition players were. That didn't need to happen. But I do feel like first half we were doing good. I did something. I put something on Twitter. Sorry, I'm going a little speech. But I put something on Twitter about how when the first half was really good going forward. And I think one of the things, one of the reasons why we're so good is when we have Hudson and Hazard on. Hudson stays on the right and he stays high and wide, and that way the right back has to stay close to him. And like even. The centre back, the right centre back, they have they have to be a certain position away. It just spreads out the whole Burnley team. But the problem is when we have like a player like Pedro that comes in, the right back can tuck in closer, and it just becomes so much more difficult to to break down. So I thought we was really good. Um, Ruben had some chances first half. Um, there was some good football, slick football. Everything was moving well. But I think I think it was like fifty five minutes into the game. And it was 2-2. And I said, you know what? Not going to score. I knew it was going to end 2-2. And that's, it's been like that a couple of times a season where you could tell that he didn't, just didn't have any incisiveness. And um, I think that's because... I think we had it first half, but I think after Hudson came off, then everything became congested again and everything became too party-party around the box. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Forward, talk to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with a lot of what Daniel said there. Um, again, first off, we did perform really well. Um, again, going into most most games like this this season, that there isn't really that degree of um. There's always a degree of skepticism going into these games. Again, this isn't a title challenging season. We've not got Diego Costa up front or Fabregas playing strings in the midfield, so we're always gonna. I mean, unless we're playing Huddersfield at home, I'm always expecting us to have a relatively tough time of things. So, um, but again, the first half was amazing. Again, from the uh, the coin to Twitter eleven, um. They performed really well, and that's what we come to expect in these games at home against obviously Brighton against West Ham, and we've seen this eleven recently. Even with of course Higuain up front instead of Giroud, I feel like you still get at least similar. You still get a similar end product out of the team until at least the final third, and then maybe you see something different in the in the strikers there. But again, no, it's still a very good performance um, in the first half, especially. And I think we also have to take into account just how lucky and I guess unlucky we were. Um, against Burnley because the two let's say the three times they entered our box they scored twice um, again the first goal it was a wonder strike from Hendricks you have to give out to him even though maybe we could have cleared it better we could have closed down the strike better it is still a wonder strike and then obviously the second goal again from a set piece where they win the first goal which was I guess poor marking from Christensen and then kind of the flaws you see there of zone marking when nobody can pick up the second man and obviously uh, Barnes um, tucks it away so again Unlucky in those two goals. Um, obviously, the third time they, they, they entered our box was, again, on a step up from Christensen in the box where he didn't track the run. The man cut inside him. Christensen brought the dummy in and he would have actually been through on goal. But again, this is a Burnley striker we're talking about. So they don't know how fish, that kind of efficient clinical when it's a front of goal. I mean, again, I'm, I'm throwing shade at them. But to be fair, they did play a good game. They defended well for most parts, especially in the second half. And they really restricted us in the wide areas. Um, And again, I think in, one problem we had in the second half was our over-reliance on our key players um, again our key players obviously of course being Eden Hazard and I think Ruben loves to shake in my opinion at least when he's coming to the, the starting level especially in the league in recent games I think he's shown his worth I think he's shown that the hype that at least he's had from the likes of us and Noah's fans that it was justified um, he was obviously amazing against uh, Brighton amazing against West Ham and they had a really good first half today but I think both players really tired they get, I think their fitness levels aren't 
maybe at the levels that we would want them to be, especially Ruben Loftus-Cheek. And um, even though Hazard was amazing for the 90 minutes, I feel, I think he was a lot more manageable in that second half. And again, that's where, um, as Daniel alluded to, it's kind of worth saying Daniel and I'm Daniel as well, but roll with it. Um, again, you alluded to the, the incisiveness in terms of getting into that, breaking down that, that mid-block, that deep block. Without the natural whip for Hudson Odoi on the right, it really made it hard for us, especially when Pedro was cutting in, getting into decent positions, but his ball retention was lacking, his end product was lacking, and it was a shame that we had the injuries because, again, another lucky and again a lucky side to it for us, the injuries that we had, especially losing Hudson Odoi, obviously losing his whip, and Kante, even though Kovacic came on and did an okay job, and we didn't lose too much going forward, I think it's just the fact that we didn't have that extra substitution in hand to maybe change the game a bit further, or perhaps giving, um, maybe getting on Barkley for a fresh legs, or maybe something in Giroud earlier, I think that might have changed the game, so I mean, there's a lot of unlucky aspects to the game, but I mean, overall, it was still a good performance, and again, I think that's the difference between us maybe in a title-challenging season, where that's the kind of game where you don't play your best, or maybe it's not easy, but you just grind out the result. And clearly, we're just in a position where, although the system looked good, we played a lot of good football, we just haven't got enough killers in the team to really take advantage. So, I feel like when people say, oh, they come out of the game and they're like, oh, it's a disgrace, or it's another abject performance, I feel like I just don't know what you're watching. Again, we have to really look at it, and we have to manage our expectations. Again, this is a team that's trying to get new, used to a new system. It's doing that. But ultimately, we, we've all known that the players are just not of that level to really take the chances that we need to take. Again, we've all seen the stats where we've created about as much chances as anybody else in the league other than Man City. So even more than title-challenging Liverpool. But we've just, not got, we've just not got the killers up front to take those chances. So I think in time we will. But obviously for right now, we didn't we lacked that yesterday on um, Monday Night Football. We lacked that against Burnley. So it was unfortunate. But I think there's a lot of positives to take other than the fact that we, we did bottle it considering the, um, the results of our of our top four rivals. Yeah, I, I mean, I I see your guys' points. Um, I yesterday, you know, I felt like, especially in the second half, that in prior seasons, this would have been a game that somebody somewhere somehow would have put the ball in the back of the net. This was a game where we would have had a corner late in the game, and John Terry's there to put the ball in the back of the net. It, this felt like one of those type of games. Uh, similar to, you know, when we played United early in the season. And there was a corner. The ball pings around inside the box. And there's Ross Barkley to put his toe on it to get to get us to draw. Um, it was just one of those games. And, and for whatever reason, this team doesn't have that guy. Doesn't have that skill. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. And and and, and it, I understand that the quality of the players are not what they used to be. But I, I don't know. Like it just seems like that Chelsea always in title challenging seasons finds a way. And it just is it's just not there. And it's it's kind of like I understand, you know, let me present something to you guys. I thought about this and I said it on the podcast a few weeks ago, a few episodes ago. Don't quote me on which episode it was. Um, and then I saw the idea being floated around um, on Twitter. Uh, I can't remember who's the one that floated the idea. It might have been actually you, Daniel, that, that commented on it. Um, mm. But you guys you saw it. You I guys saw it. The idea is, do we need Champions League football next year? And... If I get it, we're not playing for a trophy, but
but we are playing for something. And the idea, like for lack of a better words, but, you know, to describe the position that we're in, we might not be playing for the Premier League, but we're playing. The trophy has now been substituted as the a Champions League uh, appearance. Now, do you think that the 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 opportunity to play in the Champions League next year would be a uh, motivating factor for these guys? Maybe not on the level of winning winning the Premier League. Where you're actually at the end of your of your sacrifice of your struggles, you walk home away with something with a medal. But you know, do you think that that that's an idea, or do, like with all of our issues going on, is Champions League even something even to play for? Like, like you know, let's be honest. If all we right, don't cool. have Eden Hazard, and we'll get into more detail when we we talk about Colin Hudson Adoy. We're, we're, we we we're looking at the very real possibility of going into next season with you know a diminished squad we, I don't even want to say what we'll be on the table but with a diminished squad if we don't have hazard mm-hmm. if we maintain uh some of these deadwood players if we're not able to replace at who least did, two or three who guys. Are the deadwood players let me let me who are the deadwood players uh you know getting rid of guys like Gary Cahill drink water um getting rid of pedro and or william one of the two has to go and not necessarily in in william and pedro's case i think one of them has to go for the sake of bringing in somebody new because those two seem to be like a log jam preventing playing time we've seen it this year with column hudson adoy but having one, minus one makes it easier for somebody else to come in to pre- bring something else to the table but uh, like Gary Cahill, I, I I don't you know let somebody else argue whether he's a legendary you know figure within the club. That's not like what I'm trying to present here, but he's getting paid a weekly wage. That's he's eating up some of the wage budget. That wage budget and his wages could be used on somebody else that can be contributing. Gary Cahill is contributing nothing. Danny Drink Danny Drinkwater is contributing nothing. Uh Zappacosta, in his limited playing time, he's out of the three of them, he's gotten the most amount of playing time. He's got a, a year's worth of playing time compared to Cahill and Danny Drinkwater this season. But he's contributing nothing. And those guys are chewing up portions of our wage bill. So moving on from them, bringing in somebody new that can contribute, that may occupy the same amount in the budget but as at least they're contributing to our game or to the games to the matches you know you justify their wages so if we're going into getting a, 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 a we're getting a transfer ban and we if we don't get the summer we're going to be who knows where in the table but does it matter uh, does champions league at that point matter all right for you want to answer that first you know what um, before you answer you understand what i'm saying right Oh no, yeah, of course, okay, of course, okay. I understand what you're saying. Um, again, this is a really interesting question. Um, and I do get where you're coming from and why you post the question. And um, I feel like under different circumstances, it matters to a different degree. Like, for example, if we don't have the transfer ban and we are able to buy players, then I think Champions League football it, it is kind of a must, considering where we are going to be. And again, we're all kind of. All right, what's going on, everybody? So 
right here in this moment, um, I know you're enjoying the podcast, but right here in this moment, for whatever reason, my laptop decided that it needed a break. So there is exactly one minute of audio missing in the middle of Daniel trying to get his uh, point or his thought together. Um, it's exactly one minute, so you don't miss too much, but I do apologize. So back to the podcast. For instance, Jarrell Felix, who we've been linked to, they, they show their worth in that. So again, I think it's, it's a tournament certainly worth winning, but again, to your initial point, qualifying for Champions League football and when we have a transfer ban, we're not going to be able to attract any players. Yes, there's some monetary gain to it, but again, not spending any money with any, on anybody with a, with a transfer ban. So it's there's really much to gain. Again, we're going to be going into Champions League football, playing against the top elite teams, and yet we've not got any need uh, in Hazard, and we're seeing how we're struggling to finish top four. You can only imagine how it's going to be going into next season. So that's why, for me, it's all about managing expectations. You have to understand that we're going to be going through a transitional phase. We have to understand that it's not going to be as easy as it was before where we're going to just send 11 players out onto the field. And more often than not, those 11 players, regardless of tactics, regardless of what the manager's suggesting, regardless of whether they're in the mood or not, they're going to just get the job done because they're just... A, they're just an elite 11 players that we had back in the day, but you have to understand that it's going to be changed now, especially if Hazard leaves. So for me, yeah, Champions League football isn't that necessary if you have a transfer ban. But of course, if we don't have a transfer ban, then it is pretty necessary. So I think it's like a, it's a two-headed coin in that sense. Daniel, hold on before you answer that. Right. What about a delayed transfer ban? So, so we're talking to... A, so okay, we're, we're, instead of summer and January, we're looking at... January summer. Mm. So I mean, so like, so so yeah. Daniel, when you go to answer this, um, just keep that in mind too. All right. So forward, talk to me. What what you? Because okay, so for those of you who don't know, on April 11th, Chelsea met with FIFA, and in a negotiation, um, to resolve the transfer ban situation. Right now. As it currently stands, Chelsea will not have the summer to sign anybody and they will not have January to sign anybody. I should say, let me clarify. We can we cannot officially sign somebody uh, have somebody on our books. But if you guys think back to Barcelona a few years ago, uh, the the one that the the situation comes to my mind is when Barcelona got Otto Turan from Atletico for mm. Barcelona. I think they got him in the summer, quote unquote, and then he didn't play until uh, January, until after January, because their transfer ban was then lifted in January. So he was able to play in the back half of the season. So Chelsea can theoretically get somebody on, uh, quote unquote, this summer and even in January and not have them come on to uh, be officially announced until the summer next summer correct yes okay so that's the transfer ban situation now on the 11th april 11th chelsea met with fifa and right now we're waiting for the resolution the final uh, uh word from fifa on what our transfer ban situation is it could be 100 percent lifted best case scenario FIFA was like you know what guys it was a big mistake have a nice day and it's 100 percent lifted and it's business as usual or they could delay it. There's been precedent set to have it delayed uh, with cases that are way worse than what Chelsea have, begun, have been uh, 
have done, which is sign underage players um, in England. That's a big to do. Uh, you can't sign play, players under the age of 16 or 18. Um, I think it's it's, for, it's it's foreign players. Yeah, it's you foreign. can't sign foreign players under the age of 16. 18. I think like 18, 18. So uh, Chelsea, I think it was a Bertrand Traore is one of those guys. Or right. Tammy Abraham. One of, I, I don't know. Yeah, Bertrand Traore. Tammy Abraham, yeah. English. English. So, yeah, Bertrand Traore, who now plays for Leon, who didn't even get a, a, a legit chance after Jose Mourinho to make it into the first 11. Um, so, like, there's other guys in there, but... So, we're waiting on the resolution. So, you know, for, uh, Daniel, take it away. Like, uh, that's... What, 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 what do you think in this climate, in this situation, like, in the situation the Chelsea Football Club is in? Is Champions League like that important? I understand for 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 the attraction of signing players, for the prestige mm-hmm. of the club. This is uh quote unquote this is an elite club. There's very few clubs right that so, are above Chelsea. So I think I think um it's a no brainer. I think all of us here understand that if we can get Champions League, you fight for it. Christian, I think you asked are, does it seem like the players are fighting for it? I think Generally, yeah, I think you know. I think Hazard know he's he's leaving, and I think Hazard wants to leave on a positive note. So I, I see Hazard too. fighting for it a lot more than everyone else. Um, I think generally, obviously, if you're a football player, you wouldn't be in the Champions League. It's the biggest competition. And if you're asking me, I don't care whether the bands open or closed or it's delayed into January. But no matter what, we should want to be in the Champions League. Um, even if you're saying, okay, we don't have Hazard, we might not be as good a uh, team. That experience, even if we go out in the group stage, you want that team to fail quickly. You want them to fail like, so you, we don't want to be in Europa this season and then take a fresh team to the Champions League the season after next and they fail and that's their first experience. So you never, there is no, I don't see any possible scenario where I would think it's a good idea to say, mm-hmm. Annie, let's not go into the Champions League. In terms of prestige in Europe, the more you're out of that competition, the more people don't take you seriously as a top club. Um, so what we're fighting for in terms of being in the Champions League is maintaining that elite status. Um, there is no there is, there is, is no way or there is no kind of combination of ideas that makes me think it's good for us not to be in the Champions League. However... If we are not in the Champions League next year, it's not the worst possible thing. Um, so that's my kind of stance on it. Um, I, I do have one objection to one point you made. That, uh, I feel like there is one scenario where it is good for us. And again, I, I do agree with your entire point about in terms of wanting to maintain the image of being an elite club, which is what we've established, especially in the Roman Abramovich era. You do want to be in the Champions League consistently. But one positive of being in the European League next season is that, again, assuming we, have, we do have the chance to burn, is for the season following that once the traffic ban is lifted, we'd actually be able to then actually buy players again. And you want to be in the Champions League for that. Now, our best chance of getting into the Champions League next season, see, the way I look at it is with Hazard right now, we're struggling to meet the top four. Now, if you remove Hazard from that, that situation, it's going to be very hard for us to get top four next season, especially with Arsenal probably strengthening Tottenham. I mean, who, who knows what's going to happen with them? Obviously, we know Liverpool and Man City are dead certs and we know Oli's going to get a lot of money to throw at the problem with Man United. So, I feel like a boss, potentially the 
best chance to get a Champions League for the season to start in 2020 then um, so it's 2021 mm-hmm. it might have to be through the Europa League for winning but the Europa League because I don't feel, know I don't know if I can trust this team let's say if it's just this team now with a few young players added into it I don't know if I can trust the team over 38 games right. to outlast those other teams and make the top four right but you can still get into Europa through Champions League right so there's getting into the Champions League and failing you could right. still so if you don't if you don't think we're good enough then we probably wouldn't make it past the group stages. So we could still get into Europa through the Champions League, but at least we'd still be in the Champions League. Um, the, don't forget, we wasn't in it this season. Two years being the Europa team isn't a good look. Um, I don't think, again, with that scenario you've kind of laid out, I don't, I don't think that's a good uh, strategy to think, all right, let's do another year of Europa to try to get into the Champions League the year after. I think I think you're underestimating Chelsea's ambition. Now, obviously, we don't know if there's a ban or not, but um, Chelsea, there's nothing that's shown to me that's suggested, even with this whole, oh, Roman's not in the country bullshit that everyone loves to focus on. There is nothing that suggests to me that Chelsea haven't backed the managers or haven't shown that ambition that they, they're willing to spend to try to compete. There's nothing that's shown me that so far. So at this moment, if the transfer ban is in place um, it's going to be a bit more tricky to navigate however I think in terms of the squad I just, what pisses me off the most about all of this shit is that people can't see past four the beginning of the season uh, when we were playing well I'm sure most if you was to ask to kind of assess who's got the best squads in the Premier League people would put Chelsea up there but obviously now the wars has kind of fallen off now people say actually Chelsea needs seven players with, with Man United, they're a great example. When they were doing shit at the beginning of the season, everyone was like saying, we need like 12 players. The squad is shit. Then Solskjaer came in. It clicked. And it was like, actually, it wasn't a squad. It was Mourinho. Now, obviously, shit's falling apart again. People are saying it's a squad. So I feel like in terms of people, that the true analysis of, of this squad, uh, and I think people have this thing called tear maker they're doing on Twitter, where they kind of have tiers of who they think is yeah. world-class. And yeah, you guys have seen that, right? Mm-hmm. I think the true analysis of this squad is actually really good. I'm not just talking about the players we've got at the club right now, but just the loan, the whole thing. I think the, the, we look at Liverpool, who signed three players in terms of Van Dijk. Uh, who is it? Van Dijk. They signed Alisson. 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 Keta. And Keta. Keta. And Keta. Who they, who did they sign like him like two years ago and then he, he was just right. like, all right, now I'm ready. But I think they made three recent signings that obviously Salah, I'll, I'll count Salah, but I think Salah, uh, 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 Van Dijk, and who was that one again? Alisson. Alisson. Three great signings that can take a team to the next level. Do you know what? It's so like two or three signings can change the complexion of a team. Now, Arsenal, I don't think are a better team than us. However, I do feel like they've got better strikers than us. Mm. Now, if you actually... People talk about, oh, Chelsea have scored 100 goals this season. Yeah, that's because we're playing Europa, etc. If you actually look at the amount of goals they've scored in the league, it's poor. Now, I think we've got a big, big issue with goals. And I feel like if it was to sort it out, that lifts up, up a level or maybe two. Um, so this whole kind of Chelsea are ready. Chelsea need loads of different players. I don't think we do. I think we've generally got the basis of a good squad. I don't think 
Um, in terms of defenders, yeah, we can do improvements forward. I know you've got this thing against Christensen. I want to hear more about that. But I do feel like generally we've got kind of good defenders. We've got Reece James coming up um, in as fullback. I think people have problems with Emerson and people have problems with Alonso. I still think they're two decent fullbacks. When I look at Liverpool squad, I don't think they've got an amazing squad. But what I do feel like is they've got all bases covered. In terms of they've got goal scorers up front, um, they've got workers in midfield, they've got a decent um, they've got a decent defence and they've got a great goalkeeper. So I don't think that we are I don't think we're that far away. I think a couple of good signings in the right positions, sorting our actual problems, because we've had this goal scoring problem for a while. Even mm-hmm. when Costa was here, we we still kinda had a goal scoring problem because Costa would shut down halfway through the season. Yep. Um, and William wasn't scoring that many goals. I think the Pedro Hazard Costa attack that was kind of cool, but I feel like we need a proper diagnosis of our issues, and then we need proper solution for those issues rather than just going for fucking names. Um, but yeah, a hundred percent. Just to um, obviously go back to the original question. Yeah, there is. I don't see any scenario where Europa League makes sense. Like purposely going for that, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I I, uh, I agree. Um. We never this club in there should be no not a single person. This is my belief. Mm. There shouldn't be a single person that that gets paid whenever that paycheck hits, whenever that direct deposit hits to that bank account, um, and it's from Chelsea Football Club that should be striving for anything other than excellence, right. because that's the company you work for. In the business that you're in, you work for a company that there's very few companies better, bigger than yours. And at every position from the bottom of the bottom to the top of the top, the drive at every position should be excellence. So there isn't within the organization, there should be not a single person that's thinking, you know what? The Europa League is the best is the best move here. Nah, right. it should be. Even in a transfer ban situation, even with let's 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 create a, a doomsday scenario. Ed, it, it, Hazard leaves this summer. Uh, Ingrid right. Conte it leaves this summer. You name all the players, right. all of them. We have to start the the the, the academy, the youngsters. The, I, that squad should look at themselves and say we're good enough to win the Champions League. Whether or not that's true, that's for up for debate. Everybody within that club, within the club, that carries a Chelsea crest on their shirt, that on Monday, Tuesday, whenever that direct deposit hits, it says Chelsea Football Club is the deposit tour. You should be striving for excellence. Now, that's my, my opinion. My bad. Can I quickly just, because you made a great point. Uh, just before you go on, I just want to say, when Chelsea used to aim to win the league... Every single season. Our aim was the league. So by default of chasing the league, Champions League became a no-brainer. Yep. Now, when you when you start chasing, just qualifying for the Champions League, then if you miss out on that target, you're out. Do you know what I mean? So when we missed out on our target of not winning league, at least we had the comfort blanket, okay, we've missed the league, but we've got the top four. But now I feel like if you kind of adjust your expectations and you're just like, all right, cool, Let's go for the top four. That's when you start even missing the top four and you start getting lower and lower. So I agree with you completely. You have to aim for the best of the best. Yeah, I mean, but it's simple math. 
Right. When when you aim for the league and you fall short, right? You can fall short three spots and you're still right. in the Champions League. When you right. aim for Europa, you make a mistake and you got what? You only have two chances. Math tells me the the better play is to is to hit it's to win the league. You know what I'm saying? Like, doesn't four, fifth, and sixth make Europa? Um, yeah, fifth and sixth. Fifth and sixth. So you have two opportunities to make Europa, but you have four opportunities to make the Champions League. Which is the better play? Of course, it's gonna to win the league. By default, you're already in Champions League, so you're giving yourself a, a best of four. You're giving yourself four chances to be in the Champions League if you shoot for number one spot. But right. if you shoot for the number four spot or a spot in the top four, really not the top spot, you're giving you 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 you're, the math doesn't play out. You're giving yourself more chance to hit the Europa, and even then you can fuck up. You know what I'm saying? Right. So like, I, I don't know. I rather fuck up and hit Europa or uh, uh, and hit a position in Champions League, and the ultimate fuck up is to end up in Europa as opposed to hope for the Champions League, and you can. Fuck up in Europa, or even worse, get out of both. So, you know, at that, I don't know. Like, like, I also believe too that this club is any. I mean, if we really look at it, like any club that has a legit chance that it should be legitimately dreaming about winning the Premier League, they are minus. Plus two signings, two to three signings, or minus two to three players, are are, are away from you know either winning right. the Premier League or uh, uh, not even you know battling for the top four. Man right. City minus four players, minus two to three players, are they winning the Premier League? No, exactly. Let me just be. <laughs> let me jump in quickly again. Go for it. What happened to the three four three when we sold Costa and Matic? And then he dropped Louise. That 3 4 3 that won us the league, a couple of players taken out of it, and it was it was done. So by the same token, yeah, by the same token, and don't forget, this was Moses and Alonso playing in that team. Like, so by the same token, when everyone thinks we're so far away, we're really not. But the reason why they they're right to feel that way is because do you trust the board to bring in those right players? Or do you trust Sari to bring in those right players? Or do you do you trust Sari to, even though he has the right players, play them over one of his ways? So there are a lot of questions in there. There's a lot, a lot of things that need to go right. Whereas with Spurs, they've got their their team, and they've right now Spurs are looking for backups, really, or or, or just maybe one player. Whereas Liverpool, they're they're set. City are set. City are not just set. City, even though they're set, they're still they're still showing more ambition in the market than we are, which is which is crazy. <laughs> he, but it, like, I, hold on a second, just like we bring up right. Manchester City, right. it is crazy to me that nobody is talking about the flop of the the signing flop that they had in Mares. Do you know why? Maybe because it doesn't matter. <laughs> it right? Doesn't matter. Ah, Mares, shit. Well, we got this other guy, Bernardo Silva, which might be the best one of all. In my opinion, he's the best one of all. You know, ah, Mane hasn't been doing any. You know, Sane, Sane. Those two need to figure it out between the two of them and who's going to pick what name. 
because I can't have one being Sané and the other one being Mane. So they have to figure it out. But the okay. German needs to figure it out. I mean, the German, ah, he's not doing too good. So we got this guy named Raheem Sterling that's on fire. Like, it doesn't, it, it like, th- that That team, it's infuriating to me. Like, Twitter, tw- Twitter, Twitter, and and I get the sentiment. In um, it, for me, it's 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 funny. Like, truth be told, I'm along with the crowd. Like, you guys say that Liverpool can't win the league. Like, done. Liverpool can't win the league. <laughs> On my end over here, I don't know a Liverpool fan. I swear to God, I don't know not a single one. Oh, but I have a me. ton of Manchester <laughs> City fans. Rock with us. When we tell you Liverpool can't win the league, they can't. I'm with it. Here's the reason why. Number one, there's only a select group of teams that have won the Premier League. We're talking about Blackburn, Leicester, Chelsea, City, United, Arsenal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. We don't, it's, it's already too big for me. So I don't want Liverpool in that. All right. When they used to they used to win the, the, the league, the league cup. What did they call it before? The football league, whatever. Yeah. That's not the yeah. Premier League. They haven't won the Premier League yet. It's been 30 years, right? Um, and you know what will be beautiful about this time around as well? And this is sad because I, I never want to be one of those fans where I talk more joy of other people not winning the league mm. because I was always focused on Chelsea winning the league rather than other, but this is a situation we find ourselves in anyway. But Liverpool would be the only team or one of the only teams to, cause, and this is the second time it's happening, where they're top at Christmas that they don't go on to win the league. Yeah. And I, I find yeah. that beautiful. I find that it's almost like God is looking after us because it seems like a curse at this point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they, they can't win it because they're insufferable. They're already insufferable and they haven't won the shit yet. And they were insufferable uh, about four or five years ago when they were on the way to possibly winning it and they haven't won it yet. They're the worst possible scenario in terms of winning. because. I'm with it. Yeah. You guys say so. I'm with it. I'm right. With it. Right. right. I'm with it's it. Liverpool, it's Liverpool and Arsenal. They can't win it either. Over Spurs? I mean, we don't mention Spurs because they're not winning shit. Let's be real. That's just how it is. Oh, 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 oh it. Don't put that shit out there, man. But, hey. but yes. So we we need to we need to get together where we're not hoping that other teams are winning, and we're hoping that Chelsea are winning. Yeah. 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 We need to get back to that point. Right. We need to get back to that point. Yeah, so like um with Manchester City, I'm in I'm in like on a on a text chat where it's me, the only Chelsea supporter, right. my cousin's husband, who's a Manchester United supporter, and then our best friend who is a Manchester City supporter. So it's always the knives are always out. Um mm. And I, I like I don't want Manchester City to win it either, but I hell I definitely don't want United to win. And it's been the best to shit on my cousin's husband, cause it, it, like we always shit on him because United haven't won it anytime soon, you know. So, but um, all right. So let's talk about it. During the game, Colum Hudson Adoy got hurt. Um, it, everybody feels the same. The sentiment has been unanimous. This is a tragedy. Um, it's a damn shame. Even, even my cousin's husband and the Manchester City supporter were like, 
that that sucks, man. We feel so terrible for you. Never want to see a young guy, anybody, get hurt like that. Um, and and you know you got guys like Memphis Depay reaching out and mm. and and showing support, and it's a damn shame, damn shame. But Do you know what it is? I don't I don't like the way that it seems like. It almost seems like someone's died or... Do you know, like... I know exactly what you mean, mm, and I know exactly right. what you're talking about. Right. So, my whole thing is, at this point, it's, it almost feels like people are kind of, like, memorializing... Yep. Yep. Yeah, they're, they're memorializing... Like, like, he's a lost talent already. Like, yep. like they're already kind of putting a sentence out there that he's not going to be the same. Now, he's a young player... Don't forget, it's coming towards the end of the season anyway. So it's going to be a shame because he was going to suppo- was supposed to be going to these youth tournaments across the summer. So it's going to be a shame that he doesn't get to experience that experience. But really and truly, um, this is a well-timed enough injury where, yeah, if he comes back, he'll be missed the beginning of the season. But um, I don't know. I, I'm not that disappointed. Obviously, I'm disappointed because there's an injury and there's a player out. But... Maybe it's because I don't believe he's done, or maybe could, for me when I, I was disappointed that he got injured. But I will only kind of say a player is not the same when I do proper analysis and I realize actually he's regressed, and then I'll know it's a shame. But at this point, it's not a shame. It's it's just a shame that yeah he's going to miss a few games, and we could have used him for the running towards the end of the season. But really and truly, I've got a lot of hope that he'll be fine. And and I'll only kind of be sad after the fact, after I've seen that it's an issue. Forward, talk to me. What have you seen the same like the outpouring and support? And how how do you how do you uh, how do you think this is gonna turn out, man? Because I have I, I'm I'm on Daniel's side. I know that for me it sucks because you never want to see anybody hurt. I. I I'm never. I'm a person that even for the rival team, I don't ever want to see anybody hurt. Um, so that that goes without saying. So the sad part, I but I do agree with Daniel. Like people are talking as if if his career is done. I'm, <laughs> I'm I am not in that in that uh in that camp. For what have you seen and how do you feel about this? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, guys, we're, we're all on the same side here. Um, yeah. Again, the initial reaction, of course, my initial reaction during the game was like, "Damn, like that's this is just bad news." But at the same time, I didn't get the outpouring of like like mourning, like as if like we lost a life here. Like I didn't really get that emotion. Like it wasn't necessary, in my opinion. Um, again, the way I look at it, again, for like my, my first initial reaction once I like I sat down and I realized what had happened was to tweet some like motivational words to him. Obviously, again, I'm not saying that you're gonna necessarily see it, but. That's just how that's what my heart There's felt like the rather than saying, Oh exactly. Again, we saw obviously with Sterling, Memphis the as you mentioned earlier, again, all the Chelsea players are all up and down the squad. They're sending words of, Oh, you'll be back stronger. And again, I thought like it was a chance for like the, the fan base to unite in that kind of sense. Again, there's been a lot of division throughout the season, but one thing that certainly brought us together in a sense is there been the rise obviously of of a Ruben Loftus cheek, but especially Hudson Day being obviously an eighteen year old, his breakthrough season really. And again, the thing that really came that was poignant to me was if this happened a year ago, or let's say like under previous managers under like Mourinho and Conte, where we haven't seen a youth player really get any chances like this, and he had this kind of injury, let's just say in in a in a league card game or whatever, 
they would have been they would have been like oh Hoybe gets better but it wouldn't have been this massive outcry they wouldn't have been famous players across Europe talking about him saying oh get better and that just shows like the, the growth that he's had in such a short time where he's been able to break through for England break through obviously for Chelsea in the league now like it's been an amazing rise and I guess it's a chance for us to all reflect on it and say you know what he's done a, he's done great things and again hopefully he can come back better and stronger and I, and I believe he will again obviously that, that's just me talking through faith but again again it, it the injury did come at a good time in the sense that he's got the summer to kind of recover over it and he's not going to miss too much of league football if it is only four to six months as again if we're being hopeful that it is but again no, no, need, no need to really be too dejected about it or too upset or to go into mourning again it, it, these things happen in football we've actually been quite fortunate with injuries I would have to say this season um, you made the point uh, a couple of days ago which maybe I don't know if it jinxed it but I know, I know. <laughs> but we have been relatively good with injuries it has to be said so again these things are part of possible football you know it happens so again, as unfortunate as it is, I think it's a chance just to remember how like how high his rise has been. Like because again, a year ago, no, no, no one would have really there wouldn't have been this kind of backlash to it. This kind of like outcry of support going to him, and the fact that this is happening is just only testament to his ability of how he's he's improved. And also, I guess to the manager for giving him the chances again, maybe belatedly to some, but he's gotten the chances he took them, and um, yeah, all the best to him in his recovery. And uh, yeah, we wish him the best, and we can't wait to see him back at the bridge. Do you know what I want to say quickly? Do you know what? went through my mind when he got injured and maybe I'm not right to think of it but I was thinking because we've seen in Sari's press conferences how he said he's 18 I don't want to rush him he's still young we shouldn't rush him etc etc my whole thing was I was thinking maybe Sari because a couple of times this season Sari's done that I told you so type of press conference where I remember the England match when Hudson played and he said that, you know what, I watched it, I watched 20 minutes, and to be fair, he didn't play so good. And he played on the right, and that was a I told you so type of thing. So I'm watching his, I'm, I'm ready to watch the Sari press conference for him to say, do you know what, I, I want to see if he's going to say I told you so in terms of... That wouldn't if, be fair. I, right, I, 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 I've given Sari a lot of, even with the England press conference... Right. Um, I, I think a lot of people forget that English is not his first language, so there's a lot of words and sentiments and um, the space though and the tone. Uh, yeah, but there's a lot of things. I, I, as some like, there's a lot of things that that that, that are lost in translation. Mm-hmm. Um, with the England comments, like I I looked at it as, as hey, this guy is one of the best players that we have on our team. He plays on the left. When he plays on the right, not so much. Because he's just not as good as he is on the left. I took it more along that than a sly. I also believe that he could have done a better job in selecting his words there. But mm. the point, the, the I understood man. maybe the overall point, and maybe I'm give, being do, too generous. However, right. like with the whole <laughs> Cullum Hudson Odoi thing, and this is something that that I wanted to. I, I wish I could have got the doctor on, but wait, I. These Achilles tendon injuries. When I was a kid, and this is important. Like I feel like this was this this like uh, this is important, and a lot of people might be miss missing um, the site here. Like this is super interesting. What's about to happen? When I was a kid, Achilles tendon tears, death sentence. That's the end of your career. And modern medicine has made it not so much. Colin Hudson Adoy is gonna is about to get the best surgeon. That he can possibly find that can do surgery on him tomorrow. 
And believe you me that that man, that woman, that human that's going to perform that surgery, if they're not number one, they're damn close to being number one in the entire world to perform that surgery. Number two, what makes this thing so damn interesting for me, contract negotiations with Cullum Hudson-Odoi have been going on. The final number, Chelsea, that we all heard about was $100,000 a week. I am so interested to find out what Colin Hudson-Odoi, what number he's going to sign for. Because I personally believe that he's going to accept whatever contract is put in front of him because he's lost his leverage. That article that came out today that said, oh, we're going to wait, that's bullshit. That's his agent talking, trying to trying to position himself, trying to posture, looking for leverage. This has been this is a, 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 a old ass story when it comes in sports. Any ligament injury, whether it's knees, Achilles, muscle injuries, hamstrings, quads, backs, are always used against the player. Right. It diminishes uh their value. Their Right. All right. So let me let me come in at this point because it's supply and demand. That's literally what it is. Right. So for you to say that uh, this kind of injury changes it, are you saying that the demand for Hudson will be a lot less? I don't yes. just talk about immediate future. I'm talking about so because his contract isn't up this summer. Yes. Are you, are you suggesting then that because don't forget. From January next year, he can start talking to any club he wants. Yes. Fourth, and don't forget, if 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 he moves to another English club, it'll be a tribunal. So it won't be free. We'll probably get like 10 million or whatever. So you saying that Manchester United are saying no thanks to the prospect of Hudson for free. Are you saying that Bayern Munich are going to say, for, don't forget this is for free. Are you saying they're, they're, they're going to say no to the prospect of Hudson for free? Um, don't forget, so who, who's interested? It's supposed to be Man United. You can put whatever team you want. I'm going to tell you right now what his agent, I can 100%, and that this is not me because I have sources. This is this is tried and true. This story is old. As It might be new for Cullum Hudson and Joy, but the story is old. I'm going right, to tell so you right now the conversation that was had. In Chelsea's office and in Callum Hudson-Odoi's agent, whoever they are, I hope to God it's not just family members, that is legit agents. Right now, they're looking at two things. Chelsea's looking at, okay, we have an investment here. This is an asset to our club. Callum Hudson-Odoi, we need to assign him his number. Nobody on planet Earth right now knows who or what Callum Hudson-Odoi will be coming back from his surgery. Nobody. The only person that can determine that is Callum Hudson-Odoi. That's it. So everybody's going to hold their horses on making signings, on doing anything. They're going to just be a take a wait-and-see moment, right? The club is not going to – the club, if they have an opportunity to get Callum Hudson-Odoi, even, you know, a, a slightly diminished version for significantly less than what he was valued before, they're going to take it. Now, Callum Hudson-Odoi is thinking this. I don't know what my future holds. I don't know how good I will be coming back from this injury. I can tell you by mm. watching him from as 4,000 miles away, that kid right now is laying in his bed, whether it, he's pre-surgery or post-surgery. He's saying to himself, I will make goddamn sure that I'm better 
than what I was right. yesterday. Because right. you can see it in I his agree. eyes that that's, I agree. that's that, his mentality. But the right. fact of the matter exactly. is, nobody knows. So I think right now, all clubs around the world are going to take a wait-and-see moment. But the thing is, Callum Hudson-Odoi, he already knows the type of money that he has on the table. And he doesn't know what his future holds. I guarantee you, his agent is telling him something along the lines of this. Bro, you need to sign whatever contract you can get right now with Chelsea. Mm. Because they're the only ones offering. And I'll tell you the reason why. Because if you don't come back even 50%, 70%, if you don't come back to who you were, which I believe he will because he's 18 years old. He has the best medical staff in the world that's going to be right there with him. They're going to be injecting him with all kinds of stem cells, his rehab. He's going to be fine. But so, okay. So if you believe that he's going to be fine, why don't you feel like Bayern Munich will believe he's going to be fine or United won't believe he's going to be fine? And don't forget, they can talk to him for free. So the risk is, isn't that much. Like, he's, he's not signing a £100 million player. And and, and uh-huh. I'm not sure, if maybe American sports is different, but I've, I've so off the top of my head, United signed Van Nistelrooy, who, who went on to do amazing for them, by the way. But when they signed him, he had a big injury that kept him up for seven, eight months. And so, like, literally, his first game for United came about two or three months after he signed, healing from an injury. So... Um, there's probably other examples out there, but I promise Kobe you right Bryant. now. Kobe Bryant if, tore his Achilles. Rude Van Nistelrooy. Hold on. Let's see. I'm not sure if Achilles, but it was definitely a, a, a long-term injury. injury. But what I'm saying is, um, I feel like you're being naive if you feel like the demand was ACL. Listen, like in the pantheon of injuries, right. Achilles tendon is like, sits on the top of the mountain as like the shit you don't want you know so the thing is it's is not it's not that will he be fine looking into the yes he will be fine but the thing is nobody knows there is a, a level of uncertainty with it nobody knows Calm Hudson Adoy right now we know he is telling himself I'm gonna be better he doesn't know perfect but forget about Hudson Doyle. Forget about Hudson Doyle. I'm saying, think, take your Chelsea cap off. Think uh-huh. from the perspective of a club. Uh-huh. If, if you're United and you've got this opportunity to get this player for free, even with the injury, uh-huh. they will take it. 100% right. they're going to take it. Right. So that, that puts Hudson still in a massive position. A very strong position, and I don't think they're going to be desperate to sign anything. I don't think the story about him not being desperate. I believe that a hundred percent. I can I I will tell you that that's a smokescreen because you have something guaranteed. You have a club that's giving you guaranteed contract just because we can only assume. We can assume that Chelsea will be will be still offering him a contract because of their history, because they're going to have first eyes on the situation. And, and they're going to know whether to offering him a contract is going to be a, a financially risky move because they're going to be right there. They're going to be on top of it. But you have a situation where 
the agent, whoever is making the professional football decision, like uh, giving him his counsel based off of his contract is going to tell you, take the guaranteed thing. You're so young in your career. If you come back stronger and better, it's not a big deal that you sign with Chelsea for three years, taking 50 million, uh, 50,000 a week, 60,000 a week. And then you can, you can, oh yeah. Yeah. I get, I guarantee you. I guarantee right. you the number is a hundred for a the number is a hundred for a hundred percent uh Callum Hudson Adoy. I would not be shocked if right now as he was carted off that field, that number got yeah. cut into half. And then yeah, yeah. it increases yeah. from there after his surgery. I wouldn't be shocked. All right, so but okay, let's I I wanna kinda of get now what you're saying. Do you do you believe from everything you've just kind of painted out? That Hudson Odoi will sign a contract at like 50k or 60k after Chelsea have offered him 100k. Yes. yes. All right. Because that's feel a like, guaranteed thing. Because if but, Chelsea can revoke that contract off the table and say, you know what, you're on your right, ass. Like, good right, luck. Right. You know. But I, I, I don't see it happening. I feel like you're wrong. And I, I want don't see that happening too. I, I, to, just to be clear, just to be clear, I don't see that happen. I don't see the scenario where Chelsea was like, "Sorry, son, this is too bad. This is too risky. We're not going to offer you anything." As I'm, you know, we're going to offer you. We're just going to extend your contract, whatever you got now. Take it or leave that's, it. I don't think that's, that's happening saying. either. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you're saying that you believe that he would sign at fifty, sixty k. I believe that he will absolutely sign for less than a hundred thousand dollars a week. A hundred percent, he's. I. I. A hundred percent. Let's not dance around this shit. All right. Because before you said fifty, sixty k, I kind of want a number. Okay. I. Uh, if. If truth at the end of all of this, he signs a contract for seventy five, eighty, somewhere around there. Right, but are you talking about pounds or dollars? Because whatever, again, whatever, whatever he gets paid in, because the number was a hundred. So whatever oh, he I, gets paid in euros, Bitcoin, whatever that number is, I, so you you expect like a 20, 20 grand drop. I'd expect a uh, a significant drop if he if he's if the number that we were told is a hundred and he and and, and 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 he ends up signing for ninety nine ninety eight a week. That that's not that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that. The number he's going to sign for is going to be a significant drop. And to be a significant drop, to qualify for a significant drop, I'm calling it 80s. What do you say? Right. No, that's that's fair enough. But so, so like, I'm talking about on a premise that he was, he, this is a contract he rejected. So he formally rejected a $100,000 contract a week. Mm-hmm. And now he signs an $80,000 contract a week. Even that, I don't see it happening. I, I don't see I don't see it happening. But the good thing is about we can agree and we can say I don't, I do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, like I, at the end of the day, what right. I think is gonna happen is that he's gonna sign something uh with Chelsea. And, Hopefully. And I Hopefully. and I believe that that was gonna be the case. Um right. yeah. I, I believe that, that was gonna be the case because yeah. if we have a really good feeling that Eden Hazard's leaving. Imagine what the guys within that building feel. Right, but then, <laughs> but then, my thing is, he hasn't signed a contract yet. So, even though I I did harbor hope that he was going to sign, let's forget about the injury. Um, the fact that he hasn't signed, you still have to be prepared for the idea that he was always going to go. 
Now, Ooh, obviously, Callum Hudson Odoi, right? Yeah, but it, but for right. him, it doesn't make. Why would he sign? If because there, you on until Eden Hazard leaves, he hasn't left. So why would you sign? You don't want to be in a situation. Let's say Callum Hudson Odoi signs today, then right. yeah, that's it. Hazard's out. I'm gonna be the number ten. I'm gonna be the number ten. Two weeks later, oh by the way. Your boy Eden Hazard has re-signed for the next five years. You'd be like, "What the fuck, man!" Well, like, premise, you... I don't think the premise is on if Hazard stays or not. Now, now okay, I, even when uh, Hazard goes, uh-huh. say again. No, no, no. Yeah. Go, go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Because right, right, right. my my whole thing is like we've seen from Sari, and this is my biggest gripe. He's not necessarily playing players that are in form. Um, I've seen from Sari saying press conferences that. Hudson has got 20 appearances this season and he thinks that he should be happy with those 20 appearances even though the large majority of those 20 appearances were at the time when he said it five minutes sub like five minutes substitution that's bullshit and he said that yeah, it it's is bullshit. bullshit. If I was Cubs to Hud- Callum Hudson Odoi, I'd be like, no, I'm not happy with that. I'm, I, right. you know, what, how many minutes I deserve? Every single goddamn minute that's available, and right. all of them are available. But Ninety minutes that, in every single match. That's what I deserve because that's how right. good I am. Right, but beyond that, not only is Sorry saying this. Sorry, it wasn't long ago he was saying this. This was at the, still at the same time where the h- kind of whole contract thing was up in the air, and he said that yeah, he's paid twenty. He's made 20 appearances this year, and the idea is next year he'll get 30 appearances, the next year 40 appearances. And this is the guy where two minutes on the field counts as an appearance. So this is why I don't believe Hudson trusts Sari with his career. Now, it looks like Sari is going to be sticking around, which is why I don't think he's signing because he just doesn't trust Sari with his career. Mm. Forward, um, just to jump in quickly and throw in my, my, my two cents again. Oh, it's a bit of an echo. Can you go to the echo or are we good? No, we're good. We're good. Cool. Yeah, um, yeah just to throw in my two cents and again, at risk of going against our most gracious host on the All American Chelsea podcast, <laughs> um, I have to agree with Daniel. I have to agree with my namesake here. And okay. I think, bro, I feel like you're underestimating the value of Hudson Adoy on two accounts. Um, now, first of all, they're getting 100k a week figure which was at, which has been rumored since January was because that was offered and I was on the table during January now a lot of people's been playing since now obviously since January to I think to the end of April and I think Hudson his value has increased since then I feel like he's shown his worth again hundred percent not just on the pitch but even off the pitch again I felt like the media presence towards Chelsea has been a little bit better and certainly in that aspect the fact that we're actually playing a homegrown player he's obviously got his first start for England as well I mean I feel like the good we'll get back to around him is going to ultimately make Chelsea value him even more and want to keep him at the club I think the second thing that you're underestimating is the fact that these other clubs will still be willing to take that gamble on him again when you're getting a player at a cut price like for instance when we got Barkley mm-hmm. again it isn't as I think the figure that we were looking for potentially was 40 million during January times now if I'm going to have to get him for I get free, and then obviously those prices wouldn't go on, then I think you would inflate his wages. Like you've seen, obviously, a recent signs like Sanchez to Man United, where he got inflated um, wages. Ramsey to Juventus again, another inflated wages. I thought like Bayern would be happy to take the hit on wages, maybe give him a little bit more than what he's maybe expecting to get at such a young age. And obviously, not have to pay any fee, and you're getting a little bit of play that you wanted to get in January. Yes, he had the injury, but I thought like there would be enough time for him to show his worth once he comes back from the injury before the end of the. Obviously, the end of the summer transfer window. Um, 
coming towards next season. So, again, I feel like his worth will still be shown in that aspect. I feel like there's enough reason for a team to take the gamble on him. And again, that's Bayern Munich I'm talking about. There's still Man United who are still going to be in the heart. There's still the Avengers who were the third team at the time who might still be in the heart. And who knows now, obviously, because there's been a lot of football since January, since the, the, the window's closed, how many other teams have been interested in Hudson O'Day now watching him today. Barcelona was rumoured too. True. Exactly. No, 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 Barcelona again potentially with selling Malcolm or Coutinho. There's every chance that the other teams gonna be coming in for Hudson O'Day. So again, I feel like a significant drop from 100k. I feel like we'll be we'd be doing some real deep shit if we make him try to sign a 60k contract. Like, that'll be that'll be that'll be some real fuggery shit, man. So it's gotta be at least in the same ballpark. Yes, I understand it's gonna be diminished a little bit from 100k, but at the same time, his value's gone up. So it may even be above 100k now. You never know. So no, you're 100 yeah, percent right. Just, just I was taking that into account that there was a sick that the last time we the the, the timing that we got a number was in January, and he 100 percent had an increase in value from January till today. 100 percent. I was not taking that into account. Also, just a quick point. Uh huh. If you if you're looking for a title of this pod, you should call it "I Agree with Daniel." <laughs> <laughs> but what if there's not a Daniel on the show? So that I just yeah, I, I should just uh, you know what? At the end of the day, I don't know what he thinks about this topic, but whatever he thinks, I agree. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I agree with myself. Fuck. I, I I just I just think my what what what. I'm basing my opinion of what's going to happen purely on the fact of what I've seen happen here in the United States. Um, obviously, in the United States, I'm, I'm more familiar with, you know, Kobe Bryant had an Achilles tendon injury at late in his career, in his late 30s, and he came back perfectly fine. Uh, here in, the, in Miami, the, the Miami Dolphin player, Cameron Wake, that motherfucker had a tore his Achilles in the middle of the play, finished the play, mm. and uh, you know just uh, like finished the play, and then uh, came back from his Achilles uh, injury um, as if nothing happened. As a matter of fact, he just got a he uh, recently just had to leave us because we had to make cuts. But he went on to another team, making just a just as much, if not more, than what he was making here in Miami, and he's deep into his thirties. So an Achilles tendon injury with today's medicine um at 18 years old is not as bad as what it was when i was a kid when it was a death sentence having said all of that though it still sits alone as the worst injury well that honestly honestly the worst injury you can have in sports is is a head injury a uh, paralyzed injury, something along those lines. That it's ultra rare, but that that's the worst injury. The outside of that, the worst injury that you could have, it has to be has to be an Achilles tendon tear. Has to be Achilles tendon tear. I mean, knees have gotten to the point now where you could blow a knee. I mean, look at Ross Barkley. He blew a knee. Uh, it's you, we can debate all we want on if he's back, if he's not back. Is it sorry? Is it not sorry? But the point being, he destroyed his knee he's back he's playing at a high level it's not like he mm. went to league you know like the championship he's right. playing at a high level so but achilles tendon still is i, I, I mean that's, I hate that's the king of the castle it's i like, hate disgusting i feel like i'm just <laughs> i guess when it comes down to it because i'm not a doctor because i'm not qualified yeah, I and all that type had the, i wish i got the doctor for today okay. Right. I'd love I'd love to um, have heard his opinion, but 
just in general. Like, as soon as he was injured, I just kind of put him out of my mind in terms of, yeah, get better soon and all that type of stuff. Take care of yourself. I don't want Chelsea to rush him back. I don't want him to be rushed back whatsoever. However, I'm just like, all right, let's let's move on. Let's uh, get Pedro in or whatever in and let's try to secure uh, our targets. And then when he does come back... It's like a new it, signing. Yeah, and let's and yeah, let's let's see yeah. let's see how good he is. Then I don't understand the whole kind of doomsdayism. Yeah, that's not that's. Right. If anybody's out there listening to this, to the sound of my voice, to the sound of Daniel's voice, to the sound of Ford's voice, I'm here to tell you, Callum Hudson Odoi. We we don't know the severity of it, so there is still that slim chance that this is a doomsday scenario. But we don't know the severity of it, but. I'm pretty confident that it, he he he's gonna come back playing at a high level, provided that this is not a doomsday scenario. As long as it's not that, he's gonna come back at a high level. 18 years old, he's still growing. His muscles are made out of rubber. I mean, that happens to a 30 year old. It, it, it might be doomsday. It, they might not come back so quickly. Um, I usually this injury is like a year. I know what my I, when I tore my knee up, my knee healed faster than my mind before I, my mind took longer to mm. trust my knee than my knee was to be healed. The doctor had told me, "Yo, your knee's a hundred percent." My mind told me, "No, it's not," and <laughs> that's that's that we got to see that. That's another factor too. I think Ross Barkley is dealing with a little bit of that. If I, I bet you, if I got Ross Barkley, I sat him down and, and we talked to him, he would tell you, you know, the doctors told me ten months out of, out of the day that I tore it that my knee was a hundred percent. My mind told me a year and a half, two years later. You know what I'm saying? Like, I bet you he would say something along those lines. Maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe. I, I, the- I speak like that. I speak, I speak in very definitive terms, like as if I know. <laughs> Like, oh, it's yeah, cool. Ross, I spoke to him last week. He said, yeah, he said that. Like, what the fuck? What do I know? <laughs> One thing I want to get out there, though, is, and I think I mentioned it in our little group, that um, people have this tendency to, it's confirmation bias. Whereas if anything goes wrong, I don't talk about with Callum, but in terms of now, before the injury, whenever he made a mistake or the fact that his form has been put, like, his form hasn't been poor, but he hasn't. The last couple of games, he hasn't been as great as the the games before that. Now, these games, no one play, blamed it on the injury or anything like. That. It's just okay for whatever reason he hasn't been getting the ball as much. He hasn't had the great. He hasn't had great games. But now, after the injury, if he was to have bad games, you know, people are going to say it's because of the injury. Yeah. No matter what everyone's going to kind of relate it back to the injury. So I feel like Chelsea fans in general, you should fight the urge to do that. And also there's going to be commentators doing that. And I feel like you should challenge it because it's not everything that's got to do with the injury. Mm. Like players, like even the couple, last couple of games, as an example, he's found it hard. And, and that was before the injury. So if he comes back and he does find the hard, it's not necessarily down to the injury. Yeah. And just to give an example of that to put it into context, again, I remember, again, I'm sure you guys remember clearly, uh, 
the season we won the league on the Conte now there was the there was the Costa before January and there was the Costa after January now before January I mean for me he was easily in the running for player of the year but after January and then there was the rumours of him maybe going to China there was a big report maybe 400,000 a week and after that his form did dip now I didn't always just think that oh it was because of the China rumours now some people did want to think that but I think his form just fell off a cliff generally speaking but Again, anything that happened bad, it was like, oh, his head's already in China. His head's already gone and all that. But hundreds. I don't think if you look at it, he was still it's still the same guy there. It's just things weren't coming up as easily. And also our play also diminished as well the way we were playing football. We weren't as progressive, we weren't as attacking, we were a little bit more pragmatic in how we played, which obviously doesn't suit a lone striker. So again, that's, that's just another example of that. But that's like such a great point because that season where he was linked with China, um, like you said, first half of the season he was doing great, second half. Wasn't too good, but that's not. That's actually the pattern of most of his time at Chelsea. A lot of the time, his time at Chelsea, half he's been half a season player. So yep. all of those people just say that it was the China thing, but nah, it happened before in other seasons where China wasn't involved. But that's the thing with football fans; they make a point and then they want to almost justify, use anything to justify. The point they've made. That's sports in general. I mean, but think back. 14-15 season. He had 20 goals before December. He didn't right. score, I think he finished the season out on like 23 goals, 24 right. goals, something like so, that. Like he scored four goals from January to May. Like right. then in what was it in the 15-16 season that we won't talk about? That that yeah. that season doesn't <laughs> exist. Then it was 16-17 season. He scored it was he was on the same thing. He's he was on fire the first half. Right. And then he stopped scoring after January. And then he met it then he I think he started scoring when we played what was it? Like Stoke or one of the red and white teams. That's how mm-hmm. I like that's that's how I uh keep track of teams. I always know mm-hmm. that like when I see the the purple and sky blue, I'm like, God damn it, that team's tough. That's Burnley <laughs> Burnley, Aston West Villa, Ham. and West Ham. Aston right. Villa in the right. past Clarence always Blues. used to kind of give us a little bit of problems. Like, yeah, I always I'm like, damn, that's the color that always kicks our ass. Um, <laughs> red and white. Stoke. Sunstone. I still see Stoke. this guy's goal from a mile away and stupid the snake d- grasping at straws in, in in thin air trying to block a ball <laughs> out of his box. He's 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 goddamn on the halfway line. This dude shoots from the other box, clear across the other side of the field. And this guy's grasping at straws in the air, red and white. Who's that Charlie Adam? Uh, yeah, the Charlie Adam goal from from a mile right. away. Right, right, right. So red and white always <laughs> gives us trouble. Red and white's always Southampton. So I, I break the teams down like that. Red and white, United, Arsenal. So red and white danger, right? Basically, yeah, the, the red and white danger. But same thing, Aston Villa. Uh, West Ham, Burnley, purple, sky blue, like oh, Barcelona. You know what though? Like, at least with my time with Chelsea, like Barcelona, like eh, fuck them, like right, Barcelona. But true. yo, the best. Never forget. Listen, if you're ever feeling down, if you're ever worried about Barcelona, never forget the best team in the world went into the Camp Nou down ten men. And one, never forget that. Never forget. Never forget. Facts. Never. Shout forget. Ramirez. Shout Ramirez. What chip? <laughs> Chipping that beautiful chip. Anyways, boys, let's wrap this up. Uh, 
Daniel, talk to me. We have what three games left? Three games left. I've, I've given up. Technically, what? Technically, like six games, something like that. Yeah, if we do, if we do qualify yeah. in the Europa, about, yeah. So we've got three games left in the league. I think we've got United. Then we've got sorry, United away. United, yeah, United away. Then we've got Watford. Watford I think that's at our, home. And then Leicester, yeah. But we, need, we need to keep a, a quick. We need to keep an eye out on Eden Hazard um, in the Watford game. Why? That's the last game at Stamford Bridge. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what? Mm. Did you did you see this? This apparently there was a quote uh, with Eden saying that he wants to come back to London after his career finished because he loves London. <sighs> so that's like a nail in the coffin. Like we all know he's going, but. It's still not real until it happens, and uh, nah, I don't, I, I don't think so because like, like, um, like who's to say? Like, Xavi, like right now, Xavi says, "I want to come back to Xavi, Xavi, Inesta, Inesta, Inesta." Right now says, "I want to go back to you know to 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 Barcelona because it's like my hometown." Like, bro, the guy's seven. I, I don't know. I love Eden Hazard, but I don't definitely don't expect him to be still playing for Chelsea at forty years old. Like I expect him. But he's not talking about coming back to play. He's saying he wants to come back to live after he's retired in London. So, but my whole point with that quote is he's the fact that he has to come back means that he's leaving. I I know, but like. <laughs> I don't mind him. Like in my mind, it's okay that if he leaves at thirty three, at thirty four, like that's okay. Like I don't want him leaving at no twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty, well, thirty one. I don't want him leaving in those years. I know you don't want him to leave, but we know what's going to happen. Don't talk like that. I mean, what, what we're seeing here is, basically, I mean, everybody knows because they listen to the podcast. Is Christian is the ever the optimist, so. <laughs> I think he's just trying to fight that inside of him. But I think for me, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of accepted he's going just because it makes it easier if he goes. And if he stays, it's like, oh, that's a surprise. You stay him. But we've got to accept realities, man. He He's near enough out of the door already as it is. And as a football fan, obviously, taking my Chelsea hat aside, which is very hard for me to do, I kind of would like to see him in a team where he's not having to just carry the load on his back, literally. Like, I would like to see him in a Real Madrid where there's other world-class players beside him because it's sad to say, but in these seven years that we've, he's been here, we've not really built a team around him like we should have. Not a player of his caliber. I agree. I agree with Daniel. <laughs> that's right. got to be the title. No, no, it has no, to be. <laughs> no that's forward. That's, that's, don't try it. Oh, that's... Uh, I, well, I mean, you know what I mean. I agree with forward. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean. Uh, okay. So, uh, so, and I cut you off, uh, right, Daniel. So, at the end of it all, when it's all said and done, when it's done and dusted, June first, we're looking back on Chelsea season. What do you say? I say, uh, sorry, fucked it. Number one. <laughs> um, God damn it. Man. I I say, I say that we were lucky that we won Europa, um, and we're in the Champions League. And I say farewell to Eden, a legend. Forward. I mean, I'm surprised you didn't blame Mourinho 
Yeah, they're bomb. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> don't start. Uh, don't say those words. Do not this do is, that. You, you know, start a whole other fucking podcast. But <laughs> don't do that. Whatever you do, yeah, I got yo, it, I that's got just it. as bad as saying, uh, what, what, <laughs> D Lord, Cullum Wilson's gonna be our striker. Whatever happened to that guy? <laughs> Wait a minute, time out. What was it? The rage Cullum Wilson was signing for Chelsea in January. I haven't heard this man's name since January. What happened to him? You know what it is. It's not just Callum Wilson. Do you remember Arnautovic? Do you remember Mitrovic? Yep. People have mentioned all manner of ridiculous names. And, like, I'm just glad that none of it happened. Because the Callum Wilson one, it seemed like it was close. Yeah, that, that shit was done deal. That was a done deal. Anytime Chelsea Football Club are associated with a player between 35 and $50 million, that's a wrap. That's a damn signature. That's, that's like- a done deal. Like past couple of seasons, I feel like January, especially January, the January window, the names that have been linked with Chelsea just are just to fuck with my heart, just to fuck with my head. <laughs> we had what was the Burnley guy? We had the we Ash- had uh, Mashley Barnes, Peter Crouch, Peter Crouch, right, right, Andy red, Carroll. danger, danger. Carroll. And like, yeah, yeah. And oh, then for, this season, Fernando Llorente, wasn't it? With, with Conte? Fernando right. Llorente? Right, 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 right. If right. he would bring right. that goal-scoring arm of his, then I wouldn't mind his signature. Yeah. Man. <laughs> Stressful times, man. Forward, talk to me. January 1st, what do you got? July, June 1st. June 1st, June 1st, I'm sorry. Yeah, um... Again, man, I I wanted to give up on the league just because I felt like it'd been easier just to focus my again limit expectations and focus on the Europa League. But these teams have been bottling it, so we've got a chance. But I think that we bottled it against Burnley, so we just got to focus up. And again, my United away, that's must win. We have to win there if we want to finish top four. But I'm looking forward to the Europa League game, the the semi final versus um, Benfica. Again, these are the games that are wait no. Frankfurt. Frankfurt, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. Frankfurt went through, yes. Again, these are the games I've been looking forward to having in the European Union playing against decent, really good opposition. And, okay, we didn't give Slavia Prague any credit before having a game, but it's a good game, but... Sorry, again, Frankfurt... games we look forward to having in the Europa League? You're again, in ter- again uh, don't get me wrong. And again, to your point earlier, we need to be in the Champions League. A team, a club like Chelsea has to be in the Champions League. This is where we need to be. But again, going into this season, the Europa League obviously is a drag, but... When you get to the, like, the quarter-final stage, the semi-final stage, you do get some really good games. As we saw again, Arsenal, Napoli, that, those were two really good teams going at it. Obviously, Benfica, Frankfurt, and uh, Villarreal, Valencia. Again, these are all really good teams. Like, For instance, two of these teams wouldn't be out of place if they went into the, if they were in the Champions League last day, for instance. So, again, these were good games. And again, I feel like us versus Frankfurt is going to be a really good test. A really good test. I'm, I think they're going to give us a lot of trouble. So, I feel like it's a game that we can't take for granted. We have to make sure we obviously overcome them and obviously exploit our strengths against their weaknesses. And again, even going into Europa League final, if we get through, the potential of a London derby in Europa League final in Baku, I mean, like, that that's that's big, man. That's big. That, that's big. Again, to win that would make it very special to win the Europa League. Again, and that's something people wouldn't have necessarily said beforehand going into a tournament Europa League. Again, it's quite derogatory to term the Europa League in, in England for whatever reason, but it's a decent tournament to win. And again, to beat Arsenal in the final would be a dream. So, especially for me. So, um, yeah, again, if we can, I can look, we can look forward to that. Hopefully, obviously, securing Champions League football for next season. Um, God willing, we don't have a transfer ban and it's plain saying going into next season and hopefully, but, um, yeah, and I think one thing I do want to just mention that I am really looking forward to is the next season is for a long time I've wanted us to have a reset. I wanted us to 
try and build for the long term, man. The transfer ban in many ways could give us opportunity to do that. Yes, it's a negative because you can't necessarily replace Hazard if he is to leave with a like-for-like replacement. But if we're given the opportunity to blood youngsters into the team by force, which we've not been able to do, then I'm happy for it. I'm all for it. Again, players like Reese James, Mason Mount potentially, Tomori potentially, Kazuma needs to be in that defense next season. Facts. I can name so I can name so, I can name so many names. For the people in the so back. Kurt Zuma would have done wonders for us Monday night against Burnley. Wonders for us. And again, he's done wonders for us in this top four challenge with his performances against Arsenal and Man United recently. So again, he has to be there. But again, there's so many names. Everybody's already screaming those names at me right now. There's so many names to name. Bogart. Look, there's, there's so many names I can name. Bogus. I'm looking forward to all of that throughout the summer. Potentially seeing these guys integrated into the squad. So again, that's my hope for next season. Champions League or not, just to see those guys integrated into the team. That's what I'm here for. I agree with Daniel. <laughs> oh my god, yo, that I, that's that's gotta be a shirt. I agree with Daniel. <laughs> that's gotta be a shirt. All right, boys. Um, forward, shoot them the Twitter handle. Yeah, it's forward underscore one hundred. Uh, a lot simpler than last time. So yeah, forward underscore one hundred for your trolling, insightful, and sarcastic needs on Twitter. That's where it's at. And I, we got to take a second. He is the first man to officially be... What is it? Three times on the show? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got to take that back. That Nini. Nini technically, technically has been on the show three times. But we've only recorded twice. We just split. You're the first man to record three separate individual podcast so i give the award back oh nice i'll take it so we have <laughs> yeah. you got that the balloon d'or specific. my man that was a very specific you're the first nigerian black man to <laughs> to record three <laughs> different pods on a thursday night or whatever but anyway take what you can get man take what you can get Yo, uh, Daniel, talk to me. If people want to follow, you, first of all, do you have any comedic dates? We got. I, I, I'm sorry, I gotta plug your comedy. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! Listen, don't follow me, man. I don't want anyone to follow me. Okay. But I got, I got yeah, I got comedic. I got a comedic date coming up this this weekend. So <gasps> yeah, hopefully that goes well. Um, get. Yeah, I know it's gonna go well. Yeah, it should. It should go well. I'm. I'm good in it, so it should go well. But. Um, yeah, don't follow me, man. Um, he doesn't want probably, followers. I'll probably just block you anyway. Block people. <laughs> Shout out, Ennis. I had, to, I, had to, I had to email him because I, I, even I'm blocked and I'm his boy. I'm blocked. <laughs> <laughs> so, but if anybody wants to, if anybody wants to attempt to follow you on Twitter, how? Uh, it's, it's Daniel Soft. Daniel underscore S-O-F-F. And if anybody wants to hear your world famous podcast, how 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 can they do that? What is it? Called? Oh yeah, shout out Touchline Fracker. Come listen, like Touchline Fracker is the the Twitter handle. It's the name of the podcast. We we talk football. Yeah, book book. Get a couple of books in there. We talk football. It's a top four or top six focus. Every every week we do like two two different podcasts. Um, Thursdays and Mondays, Fridays and and Mondays. <laughs> Fantastic. Tremendous. All right, boys and girls, this is the end of the interview. What's going on, everybody? Back, back, back. Thank you again to Daniel from Touchline Fracas. Thank you again 
to forward, aka Daniel, aka One Day I'll Know Your Real Name. It's an inside, inside joke. Not even an inside joke, just an inside fact. I don't know his real name. Forward is a man of international mystery. We've settled on his stage name being Daniel, but I don't know his real name. I really don't. So another fun fact, this is the second time I record this part of the podcast because the first time that I recorded, I went long and I actually ran out of real estate on uh, on the audio track. I don't know what happened there. So I'm going to cut it short. I had a bunch of things to say, um, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Got to figure it out. Keep it along with the old school classic hip-hop vibes. I'm ending it today with legit the song that uh, that's kind of like the motto of my life. And that's by Jay-Z, Dead Presidents. So it's my favorite song. Uh, not It's one of my favorite songs, but really the motto for my life. So again, thank you to... Daniel from Touchline Frackers. Thank you again, Daniel, for thinking. I love you guys. Have a great day. Enjoy the rest of your day. Um, I believe in each and every single one of you. 100%. 100%. I believe in all of you guys. So, I can do it. You can do it. Love you guys. Talk to you guys again soon. Big kiss. Just dream about the get back that made him smile though his eyes said pray for me I do you one better and slay these niggas faithfully Murder is a tough thing to digest, it's a slow process And I ain't got nothing but time, I had near brushes Not to mention three shots, close range, never touch me Divine intervention, can't stop by from drinking my ties With Tata down in Nevada, ha ha ba ba World life, I dabbled in crazy way Without rap, I was crazy straight Pot and I'm still spending money from 88 I make you and your whack mans fold like bad hands, roll like Monopoly. Advance, you copy me like white crystal. I gross the most at the end of the fiscal year than these niggas could wish to. The dead presidential candidate with the sprinkles in the presidential ice that'll offend you in due time when crime flees my mind. All sneak thieves and player haters can shine. But until then, I keep the trillion cut diamonds shining brilliant. I tell you half the story, the rest you fill it in. Long as the villain win, I spin Japan yen. The ten major events catch me in the joints, convince my iguanas is biting. J A Y hyphen, controlling, manipulating. I got a good life, man. Pounds and pence, enough dollars make sense. Why you ride the bench? Catch me swinging for the fence. Dead presidents, you know. Uh huh. So be it, the Soviet, the unified steady flow. You already know, you light, I'm heavy row, heavy dough, Mike Machete, your flow. 
Your paper falls slow like confetti. Mine's a steady grow, Betty grow. Pay five in it for blow. Better believe I have 1160 to show. My dough flip like Tycoon. Jay-Z the icon. Maybe you like Dawn. Maybe this crystals are changing life on. Bro with the winners. Heavy spinners like hit records. Rockefeller. Don't get it corrected. This shit is perfected from chips. The chicks are scribbing the Lexus. Naked without your gun. We taking everything you brung. We caking. Your niggas is faking. We getting it done. Crime family. Well connected. Jay-Z. Yeah, you fake thugs is unplugged like MTV. Y'all empty three. Take your treasure. My pleasure. Dead president jails. Politics is your jail. Bang. Presidents to represent me. Jeffrey, oh presidents to represent me. Jeffrey, oh presidents to represent me. Jeffrey, oh presidents to represent me. I'm out for presidents to represent me.